just do the research. You know, so many people, they, they have an idea, they get excited and they, and they automatically turn to marketing and how much money and they start spending money on marketing. I would just highly strongly suggest that you do the research, identify is your, does your product, product or service have competition? Is it, is it, or is it innovative? You know, look, see what other people are doing. How, what, what niche, niche do you fit into? Where do your customers hang out at? Those are just some, some small things to really start thinking of before you just automatically start jumping into making, trying to make money. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. You ever need help with yours? Just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great uh, guest on the podcast, Eric Erickson, and to give you a bit of an introduction. So Eric's always been a, a bit of an entrepreneur, um, always, uh, in his words, uh, looked to make the, the quick buck, so to speak. And so in high school, uh, was uh, doing or doing various jobs and uh, was paying or wanting to pay for clothing or anything else he wanted. He had to figure out a way to pay for it. Um, got off to college and did the same thing. So was um, got into while I was in college of doing, I think, a bit of importing, exporting, and then also became an ad manager for uh, what's now known as UVU here in Utah. Um, and then one out or out of the day while I was in college, got a call out of the blue and uh, somebody recommended him to, uh, to another business to help them to figure out what they needed to do in order to improve the business. And so went down there, worked for the business, found that he loved it. And then after graduation, uh, got into consulting and uh, went or became the, on the board of uh, several different companies. And then uh, went from there. So that kind of builds his business and he'll get into some or the more details from there. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on to the podcast, Eric. Hey, thanks so much, Devin. It's good to be with you today. Absolutely. So I gave kind of that quick high level run through of, uh, of your journey, but uh, let's dive in a bit and tell us a little bit kind of starting as uh, being a kid and an entrepreneur and how your journey started from there. Yeah. Like you said, I've, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up not having a lot of money, but a lot of people that I knew hung out with had a lot of money. And so in order for me to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, I would have to go do various activities to make some money. And I found out that I enjoyed selling things and making money. And, and I think I kind of caught that entrepreneurial uh, bug, if you will. And that went into my high school and, and college years and, and, uh, not really understanding or knowing what a business consultant or a coach was that that experience that you ex that you explained really opened up my eyes it uh i went from uh i went from like this 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 thought of always making money wanting to make money to actually having a passion for for business and for helping others and, and seeing other people succeed so it was it was quite a drastic 180 for me when uh, in my in my uh later years of, of college hmm. so so you did that or you started out as a, a younger age an entrepreneur and so you went to, through high school and you know kind of figured out odd jobs or jobs in order to pay for things and you went through college and so how did you while you're in college get into i think you started out as kind of doing importing exporting and kind of what was that or how did you get into that yeah it's interesting i i um there was a couple of things that i 
usually when a lot of things kind of fall into place, kind of like the stars align, so to speak, you, you wonder, okay, maybe I should be doing that. And so I, um, I got a magazine in the mail um, to be able to buy um, bulk product from Asia. And then I also um, met a guy that in the newspaper room in, in college, I was selling advertising. Uh, I met a guy and his parents uh, own an import export business. And so there's a bunch of different things that just happened. I was like, well, maybe I need to try this. Maybe, maybe the, uh, there's something in the stars and moon, wherever you want to come, whatever you believe that, that that's prompting me to, to, uh, to, to try out import and export. And I, uh, made a lot of mistakes, um, uh, lost a lot of, lost a little bit of money, but, uh, found out, learned a lot the hard way of how to, how to do import and export and, and really, uh, really enjoy doing it. Still do a fair small amount of it even today. Mm. No, that uh, definitely makes sense. So now you, so you started in ex- importing exporting as a kind of way to further have spending money, support yourself during college and go through that. And then I think you also got into ad management a bit for uh, UVU as well. And so as you're kind of going through and doing that, then how did you get, you know, how did uh, you get, how did a friend or, or you know, the, uh, a business kind of out of the blue call you and kind of, how did you get connected up with them and uh, working with them to help on their business and kind of what prompted that and kind of give us a bit of details on there? Yeah, it's super crazy. So yes, I was selling, I was selling advertising. I was an advertising manager. I was, I worked with, I don't know, hundreds of businesses in the Utah Valley at the time. And, uh, and then when this, this call kind of came out of the blue, uh, it was interesting to me. I was a little, I was caught, I was kind of cut off guard and I can't remember if I actually asked them specifically to tell me, uh, who that person was or who that business was that recommended me. But I think I was just saw, so shocker that, uh, you know, I was more interested in saying, okay, I'm, this sounds like a great opportunity. And, and so I uh, used a lot of my entrepreneurial experience and and picked up a few college books that I've been uh, that I had uh, been using throughout uh, my college years and and uh, went down there and analyzed this business and and I just kind of caught that bug you know that that just I guess like I told you things kind of changed for me it's like wow I I really can help people I can really help them to show them what they need what they need to do in order to improve their business and. I just had this knack for being able to see patterns and pr- patterns and processes and systems and, and being able to explain them to people better and, and help them to use patterns, processes, and systems to make their, their, their business more productive and efficient. Hmm. So, so you started out and so you did that for, and just, uh, and I, you may have touched on it briefly, but you know, what was it, or may, if you know, what was it kind of that, that friend that connected you up with the business? Was it, hey, this guy is really sharp. He has experience. He can see patterns that others don't. Kind of what was it that kind of got you introduced or got you started with the, the, the friend introducing you to him? Well, so I, so I, to this day, I don't know. If, I don't really know who it was. I don't know if it was a friend. I don't know if it was a, because I, I was working literally probably almost a hundred small businesses in, in the Utah Valley, in Provo hmm. Orem, that whole Valley area. And so I, I don't I don't know who that person was to this day, and I'm I'm grateful to whoever they were, because mm-hmm. it was certainly a blessing in disguise for me. So so now you, so now you get into that, you say okay, 
hey, this is fun. I enjoy it. It's my passion. It's my drive and my love type of a thing. So did you finish up college and then, you know, go from there? And then if so, kind of how did you, what did you do once you came out of college? Did you dive right into doing your own business and consulting and helping other businesses? Or did you go work for a big business or kind of what was that uh, transition as you, as you finished up your degree? Yeah. So when I, so when I graduated, um, actually just a couple months before I graduated, I had, I had put on this, um, they call them student fairs. And I would bring in 60 or so businesses from the Valley into the, um, what is now the Utah Valley university campus. And, and, uh, I ran into this one gal and she was in telecommunications and, uh, kind of one thing led to another. And, uh, I got into uh, telecommunications and, uh, and there was a, a business that um, was doing business with them and they heard about me and some of the things that I had, I had done and they brought me on. So it was, a, it was a small telecommunications startup and which allowed me to, uh, to help, you know, help them build their, their telecommunications platform and also do a bunch of, traveling around the United States and Europe. Uh, I learned how to do mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I learned how to, uh, you know, take smaller companies to, um, to multi-million dollar companies really quickly. Um, I, I just, I, I was able to, to rub shoulders with some, you know, some big, big CEOs, um, mm. you know, Club Car International, uh, of, uh, who was the other big one? Uh, uh, Motorola. And so it, it was, it was actually, it was, it was a great experience. So now if, and, and I may have missed it again, but it, was it, were you doing this as an employee, as a contractor? So you're coming out of college, you kind of know, you know, this is what's enjoyable. So it's fun. This is what you want to do. But how did you get into that? Meaning was it referral and you worked with one company that referred you to another company yeah. on a contract basis? Or was yes, it, hey, was you started that. out with one company and they posted you away and you went and worked for another kind of, how did you, once you figured out your passion, figure out who, how to get clients and how to actually uh, get business or build a business around that? Yeah, so that, that was that was a referral. That was this gal that was that worked for this telecommunications company. She'd referred me to this, to this, uh, to this other company and, and uh, they they um, uh, saw what my what knowledge base experience I had already had, and they they actually brought me on as a, the vice president of operations for their for their for their, their telecommunications startup, and and that's been most of I would say most of my my journey is um, people just say hey I heard I know I know Eric I know he can do this or I heard of this guy his name is Eric he knows so and so. Um, you know, you should probably talk, you should probably talk to Eric and see if he could help you. And that's, that's, I've been very fortunate in that regard. Hmm. So now you do that. So you start up your consulting business, you kind of get word of mouth. Hey, you know, one person refers you to another, you keep doing that, you know, along the way. Now, was it all, you know, success? Hey, I just worked for one business. They referred me to another and I was so busy. I can never keep up with it. And I was always getting referrals as flooding it in. Or was it that, ebb and flow and sometimes it was busy sometimes it wasn't or kind of how did that all work out to where you know you're you're did it work out that it was just a success from day one and you're always building or was there follies and you know downs and ups or kind of how did that go 
I, I would definitely say there was there was follies. Follies is a good word to use. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I was always uh, super busy. Um, there were a couple of uh, economic uh, things that that happened along the way. Um, uh, there were some. There were there was a time where I um, I probably got my head a little bit bigger, probably a little, probably a little bit of pride and a little bit of uh, thinking that I could conquer the world and and uh, ended up uh, making a, a seven figure uh, mistake. And, and so um, that, uh, yeah, so I would say overall, just to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's been, I wouldn't say peaks and valleys, but it's definitely been uh, some significant roadblocks and, and, and bumps in the road. <laughs> So now, you know, because you mentioned, and definitely if you don't, if it doesn't, don't feel comfortable, don't feel any obligation to answer the question, but, you know, a seven figure, and maybe that's your biggest business mistake, and we should wait till then, but, you know, a seven figure loss along the way is certainly one that's going to hurt a little bit or a bit of an ouch to a business. So how did that, how did that come about? Or how did you kind of find yourself in that situation? Yeah, I was, uh, I gotten into the, I got into the real estate business and, uh, I, I guess I, I guess the really the best way to put it is I just I was not paying attention. I was not paying attention to the people I was talking to, the people I was working with. Um, I wouldn't say that at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, and I and I you know I had to file bankruptcy, that uh, I, I I went back and. I said, oh gosh, you know, I, I maybe I, this is some things I need to change in my life. I need to change in my processes and systems and how I do business, so I don't let something like that happen again. But mm. uh, I, I think that's, I think that's, it's, it's, it's been a lesson to me. And this was back in 2002 uh, when it happened. But mm. uh, certainly, it was a uh, a business experience, something that I was able to to eventually twist into into positive no definitely definitely you know it's, it's one where you have to be careful you know as the old saying goes you don't get over your skis or you don't you know think you know more than you do or you get uh, so excited about an opportunity or, or a position that then you're not able to de- de- determine whether or not that that's a good opportunity because you're so excited about it so always having that ability to step back a bit and uh, look at that opportunity always makes or always or is always a good uh, path to take so so now you did that and you've been doing that for a while um you know is that basically in in reality it's been you've been a consultant for the whole time is that what you're doing today have you transitioned to doing something else or kind of give us a little bit of you know bringing us forward to today a bit how does that interplay with what you're doing now or what are you doing now and kind of how does you know how have you leveraged or where you've come from yeah so still i still i still bit i do a fair amount of consulting uh, i still do a fair amount of um take on opportunities where uh, a very large company would want me to come in and, and have a, a very specific task for me to, to do. Um, I currently um, do uh, a fair amount of, of training and development for a, uh, a Fortune uh, 200 uh, company that's in the media research business. Hmm. And then I also uh, do uh, the opposite of the spectrum. I guess I, I'm working with a lot of the small businesses and, and people who have that that idea that they want to see if there's any validity or marketability uh, for their for that product or service. 
I, uh, I, I, I actually, I actually own another business as well. Uh, I, for the last 14 years, I've been manufacturing, distributing, um, a, an organic pest control product made out of cedarwood oil. Mm. And, uh, so we, uh, we get orders, uh, through the internet and then we, uh, we fill those orders and we have, we have customers and all over the U S the, the United Kingdom, Australia, uh, Japan, um, Mexico, Canada. So it's, it's been a great ride. Well, sounds like it sounds like it's been a great, or a, a very exciting and fun ride. So, so now looking a bit into the future, so you're saying, okay, that's kind of where you're at today. Kind of the, where, you know, what's led up to today, what do you look for as, as far as what is, or what's coming next in the future where, where are things planning or headed is, Hey, I'm going to continue to chug along with what we're doing, going to expand, going to contract, going to retire, going to bring on more employees, kind of where do you see the next uh, six to 12 months headed for you? Yeah. So I, I will, I'll share my, I'll share my, my big, my big ginormous goal with you. Um, by the end of the year, it's my it's my hope to only be working seventy hours per month. Uh, it's something that uh, that I put a lot of thought to. I, I've I've examined it, researched it, uh, have a bunch of different models of how I'm going to do it, but uh, still wanting to be able to uh, help uh, those those businesses that that. I need that. I need that experience. They need those tools that they don't have that I can that I can help them with. Mm. And uh, I, I'm thinking about venturing into more. Uh, I just learned this word a few months ago. I guess they call it fractional. So fractional C-suite business. They, um, I don't know if you call it an ind- industry or a business or just a thing. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of businesses out there that that they want to hire uh, a CEO part time. Just to help hmm. them with leadership, help them with 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 uh, strategic problem solving, and so I've been venturing into into those uh, on those into those roads as well. Well, that's awesome. That sounds like a uh, a fun path to head down and a, a, a exciting direction to, to go in. And it, uh, you know, learning you know a fractional you know CEO, CTO, CFO, kind of doing that fractional economy or you know fractional in, in, is uh, one that's in the Austin times for startup small businesses a great option. So you're saying, hey, we don't have that ability to bring someone on full-time to keep them busy all the time, but we do need that assistance and that help. So let's take a, a fraction of someone's time that they can work for us while leaving them the ability to go and pursue other clients as well. So it sounds like a, a great idea. So, well, now as we wrap towards or towards the end of the podcast, I always ask two questions at the end of each podcast. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so I guess I can go back to my $1.6 million mistake <laughs> I made. <laughs> mm. And again, I just, that just, uh, you know, that just comes to just not doing the research, not preparing, not knowing who you're doing work business with. Those are all, you know, obviously should be common sense things, right? Absolutely. No, I think that, you know, 
that that's definitely something that it's common sense, but it's also easy to, you know, I would say is a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you get so excited or enamored with a given idea or given opportunity that you oftentimes don't do, you know, take a step back, take a breather, explore the offer or explore what is all involved and whether or not you should, you actually have the expertise, you actually know what you're doing and whether it's a good opportunity. So definitely makes sense to <laughs> both the mistake to made and also learning from that. So now, as we jump to the second question, which is, if you're talking to somebody that's uh, just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Just do the research. You know, so many people, they, they have an idea, they get excited, and they, and they automatically turn to marketing. And how much money, and they start spending money on marketing. I would just highly, strongly suggest that you do the research. Identify is your does your product or service have competition is it is it or is it innovative you know look see what other people are doing how what what net niche do you fit into where do your customers hang out at those are just some some small things to really start thinking of before you just automatically start jumping into making trying to make money hmm. no i i think that 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 definitely makes sense and that's a, that's a great point of <laughs> advice so well, just as a reminder to the the audience, and if uh, we have the bonus question on this episode, where we're going to talk a little bit about intellectual property and the top question there. So if you have interest there, make sure to stay tuned to the episode. But otherwise, as we wrap up, if, if people want to reach out to Eric, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, they want to hire you on a fractional basis, they want to be a client, a customer, an employee, an investor, your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out and find out more? Yeah, my website, businessattitudes.com. Uh, that's uh, attitudes with an S. And that is the best way to get a hold of me. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out and uh, get a hold of you and find out more. Well, with that, and, and remember to stay tuned for the bonus question, but otherwise, for those are, uh, the, in the audience that uh, aren't intellectual, interested in intellectual property, thank you for joining. And uh, thank you for joining, Eric. Now, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. We'd love to chat with you and have you as a guest on the show, inventiveguest.com to apply to be on the podcast. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in the podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so other people can find out about the awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. So now with that, as we wrap up kind of your journey and the talking a little bit about the sharing a little bit about that, we get to have the fun bonus question where we get to flip the tables a bit. And rather than me asking all the questions, I get to take a chance to answer a question. So with that, I'll turn it over to you to ask your, uh, or your top intellectual property question. Yeah. So um, I'm, I, I think it's, and I hope this fits into the spectrum that we're, that we need to be talking about, but uh, I would say one of the uh, most uh, common questions that I get is around patents mm -hmm. and people think that uh, a patent needs to be like a physical product something that like it has all the pieces of together and and they're and it's it's one it's just one whole piece that's that they're going to sell to the marketplace and I know that's not entirely true so I guess my question for you is that what other what other things um, are are patentable hmm yeah, no, and that's a, it's a good question. I would say, you know, it almost is an easier question to ask what isn't patentable in the sense that, you know, you could almost go and Supreme Court Justice, you know, said what's or anything under the sun's patentable. And there's a lot of truth to that with a few exceptions. And so kind of what is or what isn't patentable, a couple things that they've just said are not patentable. 
perpetual motion machine patent office said that's not patentable can be done or uh, you know goes against the laws of physics now if you can come up with one i am sure they'll still grant you a patent but you're gonna have to definitely have your ducks in a row and be able to prove it but otherwise that one's not patentable yeah another one that's not is a cure for cancer and they just said hey while cancer can be treated there isn't a cure cure is impossible again if you come up with a cure i'm sure you can get a patent on it but you're getting you're gonna have to show that so those are a couple Beyond that, really almost anything, you know, you're going to look at something that has to have a utility, a functionality. And so that's where you're going to, when you're looking at patents as to what you want, what you can patent, think about, does it do something? Does it have a, does it perform a, you know, a service? A, does it do something that has an end result? And if so, can be patentable? Now, a couple of things to draw or to think about as well. One that more used to be patentable and it's really fallen out of vogue and is incredibly difficult is on a business method. In other words, just doing a business a certain way, conducting a business, you know, offering good customer service or doing a, you know, training this way or, you know, having your employees do something a certain way is, is very difficult to patent. It's not impossible, but it's incredibly difficult. Another one that question that often comes up is on the software side is can software repatent? And the, the short answer is yes, but there are a bit more requirements when you get into software. And the main one is that you can't just take something that somebody does in their head or on pen and paper and, uh, you know, put that on a computer, put it on the phone or put it on an electronic device, do the same thing and try and get a patent on it. You can't take two plus two is four, equals four. Everybody's done that in their head or in pen and paper. All you do is put it on a computer and say, hey, look, I did it on a computer. Now it's, you know, now I should get a patent. You're not able to do that. But if, you're, if your software does something, it takes inputs, it does analytics, you know, it provides an end result. It does something where it's improving on that, where it does need to be tied to that technology in order to do it, you can absolutely get software. So, that's kind of, if, you're, if I were to take the reverse of your answer, what's not patentable are those two things. Everything else is really a, a pretty fair open field. You know, you can't, now with that, you can't patent something that somebody else has done or just an obvious variation of them. But beyond that, it's a pretty open field and uh, it allows you to really get a patent on as long as it performs a functionality and has a utility to it, feels pretty wide open. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast. And if you, if you, uh, Eric, or anybody else in the, in the audience ever has any questions on intellectual property, again, you can just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time to chat. Always happy to, to help out. Otherwise, wish uh, as we wrap up, I wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks so much. 